2: It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. going a fine Saturday morning to you. <laughs> Good morning. It's just the two of us. Can, can we re rank 2001 because Pete's not here? Let's, uh, <laughs> can let's we do, do that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, you know he'll
2: just cut it out since he's editing it. <laughs> But that won't change the chart. If we change the chart, we, go ahead, <laughs> Pete. True. Go ahead. Then he's gonna. Then he'll go in and just re rank it himself. So we we gotta play fair, yeah, right? Gotta play fair.
1: So how's your uh, how's your movie
2: week been? Non-existent. <laughs> One of those weeks. Non-existent. Well, JJ and I recorded the trailer rewind this week, so that'll be I think dropping uh, next next week. I think we'll it'll be showing up there out in the feeds. It was uh, we did the second part because last month we did uh, leave no trace but on that same satmat um y- your trailer was uh woman walks ahead um so oh, we, so right. we you know Pete did leave no trace and that had a connection to him in portland and then you picked woman walks ahead because as you as you said at the time you picked that trailer it was somebody you knew worked on that so and of course JJ loves Jessica Chastain so I couldn't deny him that experience. So that was who doesn't love Jessica Chastain. Exactly. So, but that's yeah, that's oh, cool. pretty much it. I haven't gotten out to the theater in forever uh because I was hoping to see like Ad Astra and then it got mixed reviews and then, you know, I I'm I'm horrible because if it, if I don't see it like that first <laughs> first or second weekend then like all the fun goes out of it. I'm like, yeah, uh, well, uh, I guess I'll just catch it that. You know, too rent. much work. <laughs> go out to the theater. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. And then, well, because then you look and it's like, then it's like, well, now there's like ten things I have to see. Yeah. I can't see them all. I'll just, I'll just quit. Or, or it's moved to like a smaller <laughs> theater, you know, because it's like mm-hmm. if that was what I thought. Oh, I'll go see it on like a really big screen. Then it, you know, moved to like the theater with like twenty seats in it. I'm like, well, I'll just wait home and then i i'm debating this week weekend i think tomorrow and i think tuesday or wednesday you keep uh, it's alien 40th anniversary but it's uh, Ooh, yeah. it's a fathom event in an amc oh. so like tickets are like 16 dollars and i thought i yeah. don't know i i it's one of my favorite movies i don't know that i need to pay that much to see it on the big screen uh i don't know it's it's hard did to you see
1: it when when the director's cut came, was released theatrically like no in, i didn't I know, no. early
2: 2000s no i didn't
1: so uh, it, i i went and saw it it was just it was fantastic seeing it yeah. up on the big screen so i mean i it, i know it's expensive yeah. um but i would i would still recommend it do you know if it's the
2: director's cut I do not know if it's the director's cut because, as we've learned with Ridley Scott, if there's a director's cut, that's usually the version to go see,
1: right? Yeah, and it's—I mean, Alien is an interesting one because obviously the whole—you know—the egg creation thing at the end of it—that's uh, that's included in it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I still, I still really enjoy it. I don't have too much of a problem. I'm just looking on Fathom Events right now to trying to see. It doesn't even—they don't even. Say if they have any special things, right? That's the, that's the other issue. I'm like, oh, well, here you go. It includes exclusive insight from Turner Classic Movies. Yeah,
2: oh, <laughs> right. Okay, so we'll have what's his name talk for two minutes, and yeah, that's yeah. So I, yeah, when it's you get that extra something, yeah, maybe, but uh, yeah. So I'm
1: uh, yeah. I- yeah, I took the kids uh it was a family thing when they did the the extended cut of um uh Iron Giant.
2: Oh yeah, okay.
1: And it had a making of uh, of the extended edition. Plus, it was the extended edition. I mean, it was a ton of extra stuff. And right. I mean, it was uh, at least an extra half hour of, yeah, a, of stuff. of fun stuff. Which was great. Yeah. I mean, it was still like, you know, for the four of us, it was like, you know, way too much <laughs> money to be paying to see the Iron Giant. <laughs> yes. But still, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So I'm glad that in the end I did it. Yeah, I'm I'm real picky and choosy with Fathom Events because it has to be something that um either i really love and i've never had a chance to see on the big screen like when i saw psycho on the big screen uh, yeah. through them that was fantastic or just something that i feel is going to be special like with the family or to kind of re-experience cuz it's just it is a really expensive yeah. adventure exactly yeah
2: there's yeah. Um, between them and then the uh Alamo Draft House does some of their special events and some of them uh, it, they do some interesting things they they did uh blues brothers and i thought oh that would be great but it was a whole like dinner event it was like beer and oh. a whole like four course meal and tickets were like 50 dollars. and i thought oh i yeah i enjoy a good meal <laughs> <They> just, but <laughs> yeah they just priced me out of that movie <laughs> exactly yeah yeah so uh, yeah i don't uh, i don't know i and i've we got busy weekends coming up with, with things. So I haven't been out. Won't get out this weekend. Won't get out next week. Oh, no, I do have a movie event tonight. That's right. That's it, one of my, my busy things that's keeping me from stuff. Um, you've done this before where you go and there's a movie and then there's like the live symphony, right? Oh, yeah. It's Empire Strikes Back tonight. So I'm mm. going to do that one. So I go in with a f- friend and uh, he... Somebody he was having trouble finding a fourth um, because it was going to be like a double date thing. He's like, well, maybe, maybe you know, Emma wants to go. And I thought she's on fall break; it's her senior year in high school. It's a Saturday night. I'm like, Emma, do you do you want to? go see Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back with the live symphony. And she looked at me with this puzzled look on her face. I'm like, yeah, I know. You don't want to go hang out with old people. She's like, no, that sounds like the most amazing thing ever. Why would I say no to that? What kind of child do you think you raised? And I said, okay, sorry. I guess guess you're going. I was like, all right, cool. Because she's not like, uh, neither of my girls are like huge Star Wars fans. I mean, they enjoy them, but they're not like, oh my gosh, it's Star Wars. I must, must see uh speaking of star wars and and must must have things uh i saw oh, nick geez. nick posted in discord about the the star wars cookware uh Jeez, yeah. Yo. Uh what do you call it? Peak Peak Star Wars. Uh but it Peak Disney. Yeah, Peak Disney, uh, yes. But as you pointed, it's the, the La Crusette stuff. Le, Le the, Crusade the Crusade brand, whatever. Yeah. It's fancy French stuff. But even and that stuff is fairly pricey. But I went online and looked, and even the, the most expensive thing I could find there, just in their regular you know, collection was like four hundred dollars. So it doesn't even touch the nine hundred dollars for one for the the tattooing, you know, Dutch oven. I thought that's just I guess it's limited edition stuff, but I yeah. I guess for the Star Wars fans that have more money than they know what to do with and enjoy baking. There's your there's your Venn diagram.
1: Well, and that's what's funny is I don't
2: think anyone who is paying
1: $900 to get that Dutch oven is actually going to use it as a Dutch oven. You know, I mean. Yeah. That's an insane. I mean, I love my Dutch oven. One, I would never pay $900 for it. And two, I would never buy it and not use it. It's, right. It's just silliness to me. But yeah, Le Creuset is they are just so expensive yeah. like you know they have a store and I always like going and looking at stuff yeah. but I'm like Meh, to dream to dream <laughs> but then
2: then I see all this
1: stuff and I'm like yeah yeah because yeah.
2: you you, yeah. you, you if, need to have the Han Solo Carbonite you know lid type yeah it's I don't you know, if I get something, it'll just be the twenty five dollar <laughs> pork pie
1: bird. Yes, because uh, you know. Yes, or or the, or the coaster. That's, the, that's affordable. The ten dollar yeah. coasters. It, yes. Yeah. yeah. The the trivets. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they've yeah. got a few things yeah. that aren't too bad, but still, it's like, eh. Oh my god! Uh, once again, like Crusade proves that I just <laughs> shouldn't bother looking at their stuff. <laughs> well, I had a, I had a pretty good uh, week watching movies this week. It was. Um, you know, I finally I did get out to see Joker. I got out to check that one out in theaters. Okay. So um, which, you know, was okay. I mean, I didn't love it. I, I loved Joaquin Phoenix, he's fantastic, but it's a very divisive film. A lot of people love it, a lot of people hate it. And I was like, Yeah, you know, I mean it's a decent enough story, but it's nothing great. But
2: that's what I've it'll be I've heard. That yeah. seems to be the general consensus. Amazing performance, but the story just doesn't just doesn't live up to the expectation the hype it's just not what and i don't know that it's not delivering what people expected but just i guess it seems like i don't want to say hollow but that's sort of the impression i got of it's not really saying something it's just we're gonna be dark to be dark the script seemed a pretty
1: kind of just a straightforward take on the sorts of stuff like very expected You know, and I appreciate that it's got kind of that '70s vibe. I really liked the look of it, and certainly it has its iconic moments. But mostly, again, it's because of Joaquin Phoenix. Um, Yeah. I so I don't know. I'm 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 interested to see what more people think of it because so far I've seen a lot of just very divisive. You know, five stars, the best movie, and and oh my god, it's you know derisive uh, Hollywood crap. You know, it's all over the place. But you know, I thought it's fine. It's just it's pretty. The storytelling was pretty telegraphed and simple. So I'm curious to see how the reactions to this one change. You know, give it five or ten years and see what people's reaction is to it at that point. So would Scorsese consider this one cinema? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I just watched Shark Tale for the first time with the kids last night. (laughs) Okay, <laughs> and I had forgot that Scorsese was in it. He plays a, a porcupine fish because <laughs> it's like the sharks are kind of like the New York mobsters. You got Robert De Niro leading them, and okay, and his son is Jack Black, who wants to be a vegetarian, and that's the whole thing. Oh, okay. And Martin Scorsese is kind of like you know he's the you know there he owes the money, all this sort of stuff. I don't know it was when i'm like i was watching this i'm like Martin scorsese you're in shark tale and here you are like bad mouthing you know all these other movies it's like come on man he must have just needed some money at a point yeah. you know trying to raise money for one of his projects or something but uh but yeah i've been busy trying to keep up on all my stephen king watching too
2: so that's been that's th- that's been th- fun. that's a big list too that's cuz you've got it a lot of a like straight to video stuff I mean, that's... Oh, the... TV, movies, TV. there's oh, tons wow. of stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah, but but mostly it's like, it's one that I'll take, my wife and I are, you know, listening to the audiobooks on our commutes, and so we'll, we're not watching stuff until we've uh, read it. And so, you know, we finished the, the book Full Dark, No Stars, and so, which is four short stories, and so we watched 1922, and A Good Marriage, and Big Driver, and so those are three of the four that have been adapted, and Now we're jumping all the way back to the beginning. We're almost done with Carrie, and we've got three adaptations of that movie, which I don't know if I remembered that there There actually were three versions. I know of
2: two? two? There was a
1: TV movie version in 2002. okay. That's the one that... uh, Most people seem to forget that that one ever happened. I think it came out because, uh, I, I don't know who, but people involved in... The rage, Carrie Two, oh, okay. uh, weren't happy with where that film went, and so they made this one to kind of try to create a spin-off or something. I don't know. Okay, yeah, my understanding of it—I mean, I haven't seen it yet, yeah. but my understanding is Carrie lives in the end because the idea was they were going to use it as a uh, as a pilot, pilot, basically, to a <laughs> Carrie TV show. Oh my! All right. I don't even know what that would look like. <laughs> it's like the Hulk, but she's going around, and when there's bad people, you know, hurting somebody good, she'll take out the bad people and then move on to the next town where nobody knows her name. Oh,
2: oh, but that that was the screenplay for that was written by Brian Fuller. That's interesting. Of, I don't, did you ever watch Dead Like Me? On I think no. it was on Showtime. Oh, okay. Oh, but oh, American Gods. Okay star trek voyager deep space nine uh oh yeah no that was a name i recognize uh, that's so it may not be as bad as m- most tv movies are i don't know interesting
1: yeah uh, i am curious i'll yeah. let you know okay. i'll give you a report when i've uh gone through all three carries and yeah. see how they are see how they are so My.
2: all right that's cool qu- yeah that's quite yeah. the
1: project I know. I know it's going to take forever. It's got like we'll see. it's got to be like
2: <laughs> close to
1: that's got to be like over
2: 50 titles. I have to imagine. Oh, yeah. Have you
1: yeah. not looked at my list
2: that I created over oh, on Letterboxd? I, oh, did you make your Stephen King Letterboxd list? Oh. I did. Stephen
1: King adaptations. It's at 100. <laughs> oh. 100. Th- that was my first
2: instinct, but I thought yeah. no, it can't be that high. It can't yeah. be 100. I mean, it, it includes oh, some
1: of the Dollar Babies, which are the, you know, the uh he allows you know kind of indie filmmakers or students to license one of his uh, short stories for a dollar and oh, make okay. an adaptation of it they can't release it for money there's a, you know a lot of restrictions that come with it and he yeah. obviously retains all the rights they just have the right to basically make it and show it and that's it um and and a lot of them like he won't even allow to be on youtube or vimeo or anything like that they're just like once you've made it and it had a, theater, uh, a festival run that's it Oh, but there wow. there are a few okay. that are out there, and so I threw some of them on onto my list. So, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. Okay. We'll see, I'm All at right. forty three out of one hundred having seen. So I still have a ways to go, <laughs> and I'm still trying to decide. Although I I feel like I know what my answer is going to be, um, if I'm going to watch any of the derivative. Uh, projects that come from it, like all those spin-offs and sequels and stuff. I, I really oh, feel like oh. I should just avoid all of those. Yes. Because cause... in general, they're terrible.
2: Yes. Yeah, those are like, oh, I was like, they did they do something like The Lawnmower Man, and then there's like three, you know, yeah. three more that went straight to video because they're like, we can keep knocking this stuff out, and people, it's uh, they'll recognize the name, and we'll just keep keep doing it. Yeah. I'd, I'd yeah. say if it's not directly... For if yeah, if it's a derivative you know, continuation, then yeah, I'd say that's that's a legitimate no need to put onto the list.
1: Yeah, I may watch a few just for curiosity. Like yeah. I may end up watching um Carrie Two, um, but that's yeah. the only sequel from that one. So I'm like, oh that's an easy one to just <laughs> watch. But the other ones that have all these derivatives are Salem's yeah. Lot, Pet Cemetery, Children of the Corn, Lawnmower oh. Man, Sometimes They Come Back, The oh, Mangler yeah. and Creep Show. And Oh, yeah i just you know i don't know i guess i'll wait and watch them first and then decide at that point is it worth watching a, a sequel to this or not
2: yeah well because you guys already talked about children of the corn right oh, yeah i i can tell you right now you're not, I will go not down be that. watching any more children of the corn movies
1: <laughs> i've seen the original i've seen the the tv remake and then i just recently watched the uh it was actually one of the dollar babies, but it was one that came out in the eighties and was released on video um, called Disciples of the Crow, um, and that was really terrible. So,
2: oh my gosh, uh, there's there's ten of these. There's a ten. Children of the Corn, Children of the Corn Two, Final Sacrifice, Children of the Corn Three, Urban <laughs> Harvest, Children of the Corn Four, The Gathering, Children of the Corn Five, Fields of Terror, Children of the Corn Six, 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 Isaac's Return, <laughs> Children of the Corn Revelation. Then perhaps a Rebo- oh, this may have been a TV series, 2009, Children yeah, of they, the
1: Corn. That's the remake.
2: Right. Yeah. And then you get Children of the Corn Genesis, and then Children of the Corn Runaway in 2018. So, yeah. Yep. There, there you go. It's a whole c- Children of the Corn cinematic universe. Yeah. I, it's
1: amazing <laughs> to me that they have cranked so many of that story out. Like I didn't uh, the movie's not that good. Why do people keep coming back to the well for
2: that one? I, I guess no well, uh, I can't imagine. The st- I mean, I guess it's anytime you you can do a horror movie, it you know, it's going to sure. draw in certain crowd. And then, you know, I think there's the cult-like nature of, you know, the original story that that's always that 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 is always an interesting subject matter of like, oh, you know, outsiders and a mysterious you know cult type of thing i mean yeah, yeah th- that'll always draw people in so oh my goodness wow yeah it's
1: uh it's pretty crazy yeah uh, yeah not a not a series that i would want to <laughs> dip my toes back into really it's a tough one uh, although and then this is my other question like when we finally read uh the book yeah, are am I going to go back and rewatch the movie? Like oh. I I I have yet to decide if I'm doing rewatches for ones I've seen.
2: Oh, well, maybe after reading the book it'll give you a different context to appreciate the film and its artfulness and storytelling. <laughs> maybe.
1: maybe. Maybe I feel like that's a bit of a
2: stretch. Yes, very uh, much. I'm sure. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't know. No, it's it's interesting. I, I'm I'm I think more amazed that uh, Stephen King has just created so much content that has been adapted. Like looking at the list of stuff, I'm like, wow. One, he's not a lazy writer, and two, it, he obviously taps into something because people love adapting his stuff.
2: Oh yeah, no, that's. He's got a – I don't I don't. I don't know what – he, if he's one of these people – and I can't remember the name for it, but it's like – I don't want to say a disorder, but like this compulsive writing thing. And I'm trying to remember if it was – if it's Stephen King and like Joyce Carol, it's these two like prolific writers that just always seem to like have like – two novels and collections of short stories coming out every year. Uh, It's because I don't know how he just consistently turns out. Now the quality of course may, may vary. uh, But yeah, he's, he's just found, and I I hate to say it's like a formula because each thing has its own, you know, little strength, but yeah, somehow he's just got this ability to keep turning out fairly compelling stories and he's got his own little, you know, Stephen King universe that he's created. You know, he. Right, we right, talked right. about that uh, when we were talking about you know it and and all of that. But there's, I mean, even on Hulu, there's that Castle Rock series, which I yeah, right, you know. So it's he's like on in every single media format you can find Stephen King.
1: Well, you know what's funny is because we're just listening to Carrie, and I had never read Carrie; I'd only ever oh, seen the movie. Okay. Um reading the book has been an interesting experience because the way it's written just doesn't – it's not a uh, straightforward story. It's a lot right. of like, you know, this is a news so- news report that you're yes. getting. And then you're getting yeah. excerpts from, a, uh, you know, a, a, one of the survivors telling her story. And it's really interesting the way that it's structured. But something that we noticed right away – and this is his very first book that he had published – we're kind of listening along, and then all of a sudden, uh, he says, uh, "What was it, Teddy Duchamp's Champs, uh, you know, gas gas station or something?" And I oh, missed it. And my yeah. wife's like, "Did he just say Teddy?" And, and we're like, "Oh my god, that's the character from from Stand By Me." Yeah, uh, the the uh, the one played by uh, Corey Feldman, right? And yeah. so so he ended up in this town as an older person. With his own gas station that Carrie blows up. And I'm like, what? That's crazy, especially as his first book. Now, I know that, I mean, I don't think, I don't know if he had written Stand By Me before he wrote Carrie, but, and I know that the Stand By Me characters are based on characters from his own childhood because that story right. is from his own childhood. So I wonder if that was just a character that he had been kind of knocking around and put in this book and then, then found, you know, said, okay, now I'm going to finally do, put him in Stand By Me and tell that story. Yeah. But like right out yeah. of the gate, I'm like, that is so interesting that we're already getting that Stephen King universe. Uh, yeah. You know, we just didn't know it yet because it right.
2: was the first book that he'd yes. put out. Exactly.
1: Oh, yeah. So I'm going to really enjoy kind of seeing how all that uh, unfolds as we
2: go yeah. through this. It oh, should yeah. be really See, interesting. All the, all the crossovers and connections and, oh, yeah. That's yeah. uh, he's, he's got a big world of a lot of books to get yourself through. So yes, just enjoy that. May take some time. <laughs> well,
1: you know, they're, they're fun to listen to. That's the thing yes. is like, oh, yeah. even when the book, uh, isn't necessarily one of my favorite stories, the way he writes them, I think is really, oh,
2: he's got a very accessible uh, writing style that you can just sit down and you just jump right in and he will keep the story moving along.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, what movie news do we have
2: this week? I know we oh. already talked about the big
1: Star Wars uh, uh, cookware, but what, what well, else is know, happening y- in the world y- of movies?
2: You know what they're doing with all that money? They're making going to be making off that cookware. Uh, <laughs> supposedly, rumors that Disney may be trying to just buy Spider Man from Sony with a for the price of five billion dollars to buy Spider Man slash Peter Parker from Sony. Ouch. I, <laughs> say okay, something that they'd buy for me for 5 billion <laughs> cuz I'd say sure. Here you go. So, yeah, this was an article I came across and I thought, okay, this is just rumored stuff, all of that. But they said, you know, this isn't that, you know, this isn't that unreasonable given that like each Spider-Man movie has made pretty much close to a billion dollars. They you know, knock out a few more Spider-Man movies and th- this is basically paid for itself. Uh, so even though that seems like a ridiculously large number when it comes to, you know, Spider-Man Marvel movies, uh, if they, if they can put together a solid, you know, trilogy, they're going to easily clear that 5 billion. I think people will wow. show up for that. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know what that would do for, for the venom. Uh, in the development of, of that going forward, because who, was it Sony that did Venom? Is that yeah, part yeah, of the, they, yeah. they Right, they've got
1: their their whole... Their yeah. characters that they are allowed to do stories with. So,
2: yeah, they did the Venom film. But if, if Marvel, well, if Disney just buys just Spider-Man, then that would sort of uh, undermine, I guess, Sony's ability to do anything with Venom, unless there are storylines they can, you know... I mean, there may be enough out there, but I think that's... Was the draw for that franchise getting started? Was oh Venom and building to some Spider-Man stuff that fans would want to see? Because was it Spider-Man three? The the Tobey yes. one that had the sort of Venom storyline they were trying to sandwich in there somewhere.
1: Oh yes, yes they did.
2: That's the one. <laughs> That's the one. Okay. Topher Grace
1: and all of his yeah.
2: menacing glory. So my my other Spider-Man news is now apparently you know anything spider-man related you know and the fans go just crazy for it and rampant speculation because tom hardy apparently posted a picture of himself in a spider-man costume and then quickly deleted it which led to all kinds of speculation about venom 2 and spider-man and sony and all of this so i don't know what to make of that other than it is october halloween is around the corner and perhaps tom hardy is thinking of going as spider-man for halloween I don't know, right? The, yes, that's, that's yeah, the logical, but, you know. <laughs> but people will speculate anyway. Yes, so that's that's, uh. that's a little bit of Spider-Man news that Disney may may end up buying, you know, outright from Sony. So that'll be something to see if that's the ultimate resolution to that. And then, yes, whether the whether we ever actually see another Venom movie to be to be determined.
1: Well, yeah, I'm curious to see the new Venom movie uh, because now uh, Andy Serkis is on board directing it. So that that piques my curiosity. I still haven't seen his Jungle Book uh, film, but he's always been a guy who I found interesting. So I'm curious to see uh, what he does with Venom because, you know, I wasn't a hater of Venom. I thought it was fine. I thought it was fun and entertaining. And, uh, you know, I, I... I think it gets a lot of hate, but uh, you know,
2: yeah, it was. It, it felt very much sort of in the vein of what we would typically get from a comic book movie, sort of pre the the reign of Marvel. Uh, you know, with. What we would see in the late '90s, early 2000s with comic book movies, where yeah, it 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 hit all the notes, it did everything, but it it didn't do much outside the scope of that. Marvel created this whole larger thing, but I'm thinking of like the you know, and these are probably not great examples, but you know, like the you know. Fantastic Four that, you know, they did in the 90s with, you know, Chris Evans and uh, Michael was Chiklis. The, was that? Was that the yeah. 90s or was that the 2000s? Was that, was that 2000, maybe early, early 2000s? I can't remember how. Uh, how... 2005. Five. Okay. So, yeah. yes, early
1: 2000s. The 90s was the, the one that oh. no one ever saw. Oh, that was the. <laughs> that's right. Roger the one that, Corman one.
2: Right. So, yeah. So th- that. You know, sort of mid two thousands there. That's sort of the vibe I got out of Venom. It, it wasn't, you know, a great film. It was entertaining. I had a good time with it, and it it, it did what it uh, some interesting things with that character. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it deserved, you know. So much scorn heaped upon it because it wasn't, you know, I don't know what people were expecting. It's a it's a darker film. It's focused on one character. You're not part. It's not something that's part of this larger universe yet. So it's I, the
1: Joker of the Spider-Man universe. Yeah, Come on. The Joker of The
2: Spider-Man universe. All sorts of messages. There, I'm there sure that going. they're in there. <laughs> story of mental illness really. yes <laughs> well speaking of of messages are, are you talking about easter eggs that people are seeing in the in the joker film or that they think that they're seeing in the joker film i i don't
1: know i haven't been up uh, on that what oh, well, what did i miss because apparently oh, are there some th- good ones
2: no the, um no because apparently the uh oh um why am i drawing a blank guy's name the director phillips um, Todd Phillips said, no, he did not put any DC Easter eggs in this movie. He doesn't do Easter eggs. So anything you think you're seeing, you're, you're, you know, that's, he did not put stuff in there. there <laughs> that's no, on you. That's yes. You're the one that <laughs> you're with the mental idiot. disorder. Yes. You've got mental disorder. Stop putting stuff in my movies that isn't there. Uh, but again, it goes to sort of that rabid fandom of trying to find every single little clue or, you know, it, trying to make meaning that isn't necessarily there. But yeah, I guess he's came out and said no. It's that's not that's not what this film is about. It's not about connecting to the larger DC universe. That's a tough you know? movie to yeah. go back and revisit.
1: Ju- yeah, <laughs> just to look for Easter eggs. Yeah, like oh, I can't even imagine because it's like once yeah. was enough for me. Yeah, that's a it's a it's a heavy film. Well.
2: And then, uh, getting out of comic book land, uh, this, I saw this this morning at late breaking news last night that I didn't see is, uh, we'd lost Robert Forster uh, last <sighs> night, know. uh, brain cancer, apparently on that. So, That's so oh, sad.
1: Yeah. Um, He's he's an actor who I didn't really know much of until Tarantino uh, kind of gave him a career resurgence in Jackie Brown. And then he was everywhere. And then I started realizing, oh, I'd seen all these other movies with him in it without even realizing it. And I just, he's such a great actor. And it's really sad to see him gone. Oh, yeah. And
2: I think... I want to say this. I'm trying to remember if Medium Cool is on the Criterion Channel or not, uh, but that's one that I remember hearing about. Oh gosh, like maybe in college or of uh, just like a very unconventional film, or sort of a, I mean, a really true documentary. You know, that Haskell Wexler put together, and it's one that j- you know. I'm intrigued by because it's sort of a, a unique opportunity to revisit something that to me I have a sort of close connection with because it's Chicago in the summer of 68. And that was my dad was in art school downtown at the time. And being in high school wanting to go downtown, my mom was always like really anxious and nervous because and I thought, why? It's just downtown Chicago. There's not it's not any craziness going on, but knowing that, you know, it, as an adult now, you know, 15 years or so is not that big of a, doesn't seem that long ago. Heck, I can't even, you know, 2005 versus the nineties. I can't even accurately state when, uh, you know, Fantastic Four came out. So for her 1968 versus like 1980, you know, mid eighties uh, yeah, it was a dramatic time downtown, you know, the violence with the police and protesting and rioting. And so now I'm, curious to see a film uh about that to see what it was really like down there what Hmm. what what my parents memories are of of that uh that time uh so yeah it's one that's i gotta go into letterbox put it on my list i gotta keep adding to my list of things you have to check it out but i uh, did
1: if anyone's interested over on our uh, facebook group i did post a uh uh the story from variety about him and then uh, uh if you want to post what your favorite Robert Forster movie is hop in over there and oh, post yeah. it we've got a, a he was just in El Camino which came out on Netflix a couple of days ago yesterday actually midnight wasn't it midnight yeah i think yeah
2: yeah
1: and um yeah so so yeah uh, he's a he's an interesting actor that's uh, worth remembering so definitely all right well should we do trailers I guess we should do trailers. All right, I don't think we have any uh, red bands or A twenty fours for the. We've, uh yeah, for the we've steal, been,
2: we've had uh, we haven't had an A twenty four in a while that I I can recall. It's been a, at least a few weeks. So a I, couple I, weeks. I
1: feel like yeah. I thought you just posted one. Didn't Pete just had one with the the Adam
2: Sandler movie? That was like that, oh that's right that oh that's right that was I forgot about that one well because I was gems, thinking yeah. I was thinking oh Adam Sandler there's no way that's A24. Why would Adam <laughs> Sandler be <laughs> well, in an A24? A Adam Sandler it, yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly.
2: Right, okay. except it's
1: the Safety brothers, so there you
2: go. Yes, that is true. All right, so uh, I'll I posted first, so I'll take that with bit. uh and uh oh yeah so this is uh the reason I picked this trailer is I'm hoping to talk about this one with JJ as and, and perhaps have a conversation in comparison to one of our more recent trailer rewinds of uh, Leave No Trace. Because this is the story of a daughter who is faced with the responsibility to take care of her addict veteran father. Uh, so this whole you know father-daughter sort of having to fend for themselves and a daughter having to take responsibility for her dad— uh, You know, some common themes with Leave No Trace. However, this one looks to be a little bit darker uh, than Leave No Trace. Uh, But this is the first film from Annabelle. I'm going to butcher this. Atanasio? that sounds right. Okay, there we go. So this is her first. She's writing and directing this. Uh, she, I've I've never seen the Nick. Uh, I think that's a Cinemax series with with Clive Owen, but I know she was in that. Uh, and her father is also a writer that's received several nominations. Paul. Uh, He was nominated for uh, a quiz show. Uh, He also wrote Donnie Brasco, Sphere. Uh, So there's some writing skills in that family. Uh, Although people may not be big fans of all of his movies, but she's stepping out on her own here. And... Smaller film hit uh, South by Southwest in the spring, got picked up for distribution. It's going to be hitting theaters November 13th. This is Mickey and the Bear uh, with one of those, one of those guys, James Badge Dale. And I've like... I sort of recognize this guy, dig into his IMDb. I'm like, oh yeah, he's been, he's one of those faces that's been around here or there, sort of a character actor. When you look at IMDb and see, oh, he was in The Departed, World War Z, Iron Man 3. Uh, like who? But yeah, one of these yeah. these character actors. Uh, so playing the father and uh newcomer that's been getting quite a bit of uh, buzz for her role is uh, Camilla Morone or Morone. Uh, is the daughter, Mickey, in this one. So this is a trailer. I'm I'm definitely seeding the Trailer Rewind with hopes of revisiting this one uh, sometime. Uh, with look this, how clever can, you are. Look, look, at, look at me. Look at <laughs> me just plotting things out. Uh, but even if I wasn't doing the Trailer Rewind connection on this one, this is one that just, again... This type of story is something that I'm I'm drawn to these family family dynamics, uh, particularly father daughter stories. I I hope I'm not this type of father. I really don't think so, but who knows how my kids perceive me. Uh, <laughs> but this, there's there's something about the and I guess the close. This of the story of it keeps it small, difficult challenges in that that dynamic of a father and daughter and a daughter who's growing up and and about to step out on her own and, and what responsibility she feels for taking care of her father versus having to do what she needs to do for herself. So this is sort of, I guess, right in my wheelhouse of, you know, tense dramas that are probably Gonna have a downer ending and be really depressing and heart wrenching, but that's that's With what teenagers I'm this week. At the yes, yes, exactly. Yes. So what did you think yeah. of this one?
1: I thought it was right in your wheelhouse. As soon as I yes. watched it, I'm like there's no <laughs> doubt that that Steve would have picked this trailer. It was complete uh, obvious choice for you, which was which was great. I mean, it's it looks like a really interesting movie. I hadn't heard about it. I do love James Badgedale. He pops up in lots of things, uh, and I, he's always really great. I, I really do enjoy him quite a bit in, in uh, you know, a variety of his projects. So seeing him kind of get a chance to be a little bit of a bigger uh, character is fantastic. You know, I love getting uh, to see him kind of playing this uh, rough role, I think I is yeah. fair to say. You know, it looks like a, a tough one, but but yeah, I'm, I'm really curious about this one to see kind of what they're going to do with this story. And, uh, you know, and you're right. The, the actress, uh, who plays the daughter, um, uh, Camilla looks like, uh, I, I, it was watching this trailer reminded me of when I saw, um, the descendants and, uh, Shailene Woodley, like oh, okay. totally I was like, yeah. wow, where did she come from? Right, because uh, that was kind of like her bursting onto the scene, and she's just been everywhere since then. And this kind of feels the same for uh, for Camilla Maroney. So yeah, so we shall see. But yeah, I'm I'm very yeah. curious about this one. Yes, it's a good All pick.
2: Right. Yep, November, right time for the holiday season
1: indeed indeed <laughs> well speaking of the holiday season i went one with something that's a little more in line for the halloween season <laughs> yes even if it's not being released uh, anytime soon i am looking at the the latest iteration of uh of henry james's the turning of the screw we've talked about the innocence on our podcast which is uh just a fantastic wonderful film that i really love it's a creepy story And uh, this is a new version of it called The Turning, directed by Floria Sigismondi, who is, uh, she is a director primarily known for her kind of like the amazing stuff that she did in a lot of music videos. Um, She kind of became majorly known for that. And, uh, hasn't done a lot of movies. Um, the only other movie she directed was the runaways kind of the biopic from 2010. And then she has directed, uh, episodes of TV shows like from Hemlock Grove, Daredevil, the Handmaid's Tale, American Gods. Um, but really it's just what she's done in the music video world. That is where she's kind of made her mark. This looks gorgeous. It looks like the hands of a video director at work here. It's just a beautiful trailer, the way that it's all put together, creepy as all get out. Um, and it's it's a really interesting story. So I'm very curious about what they're going to do with this uh more kind of modern telling of the turning of the screw. Mackenzie Davis plays our primary uh character the the caretaker who is hired not the caretaker really but the nanny i guess you would say hired to take care of these two kids who may or may not be possessed by ghosts is the whole thing Uh, mackenzie davis is an interesting actress she's popped up in a number of things recently including the martian and blade run 2049 and uh, finn Wolfhart from the it films and from uh, stranger things is uh, he is on board too as um, uh, the boy? So I am super excited about this. It looks like a really creepy gothic take on the story. What do you think?
2: Ew, ew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, ew. It gets under my skin. It's creepy. I ew. yeah. I because I saw that it was you know. Henry James, and I thought, Henry James didn't write creepy, you know, whatever roaming hands just, you know, I'm like, what? Uh, but of course there's the, the gothic horror novels and then sort of having to modernize that for what's what's creepy and unsettling uh, in, in 2020 when this comes out, and this does everything. Uh, just the tone of this, it just, yeah, it, it plays with this. It's a psychological horror uh, when you've got the, you know, nanny governess, whatever she is, come to care of the kids and the kids just aren't right there's right. something off uh you've got the the weird architecture of a huge house you know forbidden wings of the house can't go there i mean it's got all the tropes that i would expect for a movie like this but i have to admit this is something that initially i just was gonna write off as like oh, okay it's one of these films like that's just not my thing like the conjuring and those type of things but the the There's something about the psychological element to this um, of is this in her mind? What's going on? You know, there's the whole mystery of what happened with the parents. Uh, yeah, I, I, am I'm intrigued, uh, when I might have to go see by myself because no one in my family would be up for anything <laughs> like this. Um, I'll go with you. Steve. Yeah, maybe because, but I think the cast that that's, what's drawing me to this is that if it's drawing the talents of Mackenzie Davis, Finn Wolfhard, I thought they're, they're in a position to be really selective about their projects. So this is something that they're, that I feel there's something that drew them to this story, uh, that. To me, maybe validates this as something maybe a little bit above a typical sort of just supernatural sort of spooky film. So, yeah. Yeah,
1: right, right, right. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see yeah. uh, right now. It only interestingly uh, says expected January 24th, 2020. So it's it doesn't even have an official release date yet. It's just an expected January date, which doesn't bode well. That makes me really nervous. Um but um yeah, I guess we'll learn more as it gets a little closer and see if it uh is a something that just fizzles at the box office or yeah. or um or actually something worth checking out. So. Yeah. Right. So this week we are looking at Rabbit, the next in our uh, Cronenberg series. And what were the options that, uh,
2: that we put forth again for people to vote on? So it was, it was really close and mm, yeah, I was. wasn't sure which way it was going to go. Cause we had porn stars gone legit, patient zero movies. And then of course, ultimately winning out by one vote, medical procedures gone horribly awry. Now, right. I, I will ask you because when we were throwing this list out, you said you had a couple porn stars gone legit films that you guys had discussed on the show, and I think I said, think Pete said that because I oh, wasn't talking Pete? with you guys. Oh, last oh, oh, was it? Okay, so I thought you were you weren't there when we. Was oh, I? no, you're I, right. I, I, no, you're right. I, I thought it was you're just right. you and Pete. Oh, it must have just been I. Okay, so we'll we'll have to ask Pete, or maybe it was answer. me. And Pete.
1: I I don't remember. <laughs> but anyway, I'm sure that he was talking, my, my sense of who he was talking about yeah. was Sylvester Stallone. That's who I think that he was <laughs> implying there. We'll have to get
2: an, we'll have to get an answer from Pete on it. Because he said there were several that he knew off the top of his head that you guys had come show. Well that's on the eight show.
1: movies. That's <laughs> eight. I mean, I, I think he was talking about the number of movies that he'd been in. Perhaps that's my, so best that's okay. my best guess. That's well, my best guess. because otherwise I don't, I don't know. I don't track porn actors <laughs> no. uh,
2: too often. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll have to follow up with Pete on on his uh dark and shadowy, uh, porn (laughs) issues. Okay. But so this week we were talking about the uh, medical procedures gone horribly awry, which I think fits with October because I, everything that I came across was, it's not like you get a nice serious drama with medical. It's the horribly awry part that I think sort of pushes this into a specific genre of film. Uh, not going to get a lot of, well, maybe some comedies. I guess because something that goes horribly wrong could be comic. I don't know. It could be.
1: I honestly, I struggled with this list. Um, okay, because the the medical procedures, yeah, kind of morphed into medical experiments a little okay. more. Yes, it was yeah. my list. So that's where okay. mine ended up a little bit. So uh, procedures. I honestly could only think of one thing that was actually a procedure, or maybe maybe two that, um, that I would include. And one of them, I just, I don't like the movie at all. So I didn't even want to put it on my list. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. All uh, right. So anyway, let's, uh, uh, why don't you kick us off though? Uh,
2: okay. Well, like, cause I, yeah, I struggle with medical procedure because then I'd like y- for it to be a medical procedure, does it have to be like there's a doctor involved? We're in a hospital because that really, you know, keeps things really narrow. Um, uh, yeah. focus on this, and again, everything I'm thinking is sort of in the horror realm, and that's not a genre I traffic in very much. Um, but in keeping with, um, I guess uh, I'm going to go with what I always I always like to have one, you know, that's going to be pointed to another, you know, something we've talked about in another show. So it, it's probably stretching the medical procedure part a little bit. But one of the things that came to mind of where we've got some type of not even quite surgery, but early on, and I guess it's it's what sets off the chain of events in the movie. Um raw is we've got the sisters together and the ones trying to bikini wax her sister and the tape gets stuck and then she goes to use scissors and then ends up severing her finger which then her sister starts chewing on uh which to me is something gone horribly wrong uh spoiler alert uh, if you haven't seen raw that's right. but uh that's that's my first one because it, it yeah, I, it's where you don't think you're going to end up in a in a cannibalistic movie um, with sisters just you know preparing for a school dance.
1: Nope. Right there we are. Oof, that's a good one. Yeah.
2: Well, for
1: my, I'm I'm torn because you're right. It is something that can very much go horror uh, because of the nature of the gone awry. Yeah, and so I'm really tempted to since it is October to kind of stick with with that sort of theme for uh, for Halloween's sake okay and uh, and you know i would have put this on my list it's a <laughs> it's a it's a film i never want to watch again um but it's definitely and it's definitely a medical experiment more so than a procedure but i think the the person in in question who performs said Procedure or experiment might say it is a procedure, kind of a a test procedure. It's a horribly gruesome film that really is just purely a sick mind putting it into fruition. And I guarantee that neither you nor Pete have seen it. (laughs) It is The Human Centipede. Uh, I had a feeling.
2: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no. What a, have, yeah. There's. There's. What three of those? Is there three, four? I, know.
1: I, I know there were at least two. I don't yeah, know. I, I, I don't. I, after watching uh, the first, one, I'm like, nah, I don't need to watch I, any more of these.
2: Yeah. Ugh. Nope. Never it's, seen. Uh, it. No desire yeah. to. Yeah. No. And it's definitely.
1: <laughs> it, it was more of a curiosity to kind of watch it and see yeah. exactly what they did with this. And I mean, they did exactly what you'd expect. And it's like, Meh, okay, I don't really need to revisit this one but i will say it it is one of those movies where you know the people involved in it are clearly uh in just like having a ball like doing just kind of the wackiest sort of movie and and uh dieter laser or i i think that's how you say his name dieter laser who plays the mad doctor i mean he's just creepy and he's great and he's only popped up in uh what was the other thing that I saw him in uh outside of the the Human Centipede movies it was the uh, it was uh, I'm blanking on it. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, not much. I don't know much that he's been in, but um yeah. He's he's obviously enjoying himself. Anyway, that's uh we that's probably more than needs to be said about uh, the Human Centipede. Let's move on.
2: <laughs> yes, okay. Let let's do that to uh, probably the most, uh, I don't know. Again, I, when it was, it was medical, I thought, okay, medical, where do medical things happen? Medical things happen in med school. Where, where, where do things go wrong in med school? Oh, I don't know. When you try to kill each other and bring yourselves back from the dead, <laughs> of course, things go wrong in Flatliners, whichever version of the film you happen to have seen. But I grew up in the nineties. So of course the, you know, gold standard. Of flatliners, I don't know what that amazing cast—what Kevin Bacon, Kiefer Sutherland, Julia Roberts, Oliver Platt—and is there one more I'm missing? I think that's Did you say Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland, yes. So yeah. yes, uh, I think uh, yeah. You you traffic and you know trying to play God, bringing yourself each other back from the dead. Something's going to come back uh, with you, and that to me counts as gone horribly awry.
1: Yeah, that was a uh, steal. Oh, okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I have uh, my next one. Again, it's a it's another mad scientist experiment sort of movie, but it's a classic. How could you not bring up Frankenstein from 1931, uh, know James Whale's film? Uh, you know, I, I think you could argue that it's not exactly a medical experiment or a medical procedure when he takes a, a dead body and reanimates it, but he's doing science on a body and it goes <laughs> wrong. And uh, I really do enjoy that original film. I think Boris Karloff is great as the monster, and I really have a great time with that film. So Frankenstein, that's my
2: second choice. Okay. Uh, I, I... <sighs> I didn't want to top my list with this one, but I feel like part of my responsibility in list is to point people to things they may not have seen, and this film may not be for everybody. I saw it on cable TV in the 80s, um, only saw it once, um, and I think I saw it, or maybe maybe it was when I was working at the video store, brought it home probably around Halloween time, but I know it's become sort of a, a cult classic uh this is 1985's Reanimator based on an HP mm. Lovecraft story. Um I don't remember the entire story. I remember there's basically a student and uh, some there's a severed head. Things go horribly wrong. It's a it's a gruesome gory film. Uh production values of the mid 80s like yeah it's i'm sure it's cheesy as all get out nowadays uh before we could do cg stuff so lots of practical cheapo effects but i just remember it being a really unusual and unique darkly twisted strange story and i thought for anybody that perhaps is younger and hadn't heard of this uh maybe something to put on the list to check out if you if you hate it or are repulsed by it i don't take any blame for that. This is on you. I'm warning you ahead of time. But <laughs> it's your this is, that's it's your fault for. But have, have you seen Reanimator, Andy? This oh, seems yeah. like something I, you might have. Oh, okay, yeah, totally. Right. It's
1: it's an interesting. It's a it's a fun horror film that you kind know, of spurred um you know, a bunch of sequels like Bride of the yeah. Reanimator, stuff like that. Oh, um, yeah. it's okay. definitely one that's worth checking out, I think. It's it just works really well as kind of that uh genre horror. It's it's yeah. fun. It's watching I mean he's a crazy character too. Yeah it's just watching him kind of reanimating these heads and animals and whatever it's just all <laughs> over the place really uh kind of a fun one so it's i'd it's, say it's worth t- checking out okay all right Power. so uh my final pick i i'm gonna go with a non-horror okay mostly because i feel i can't recall this popping up on a list i i know my other At least one of my other choices has been on lists before. I don't think I've brought this one up, and I don't recall if other people have. It's more of a psychological experiment, and to that end, I guess it kind of counts as a medical experiment, because psychology can be medical, I guess, maybe. I'm stretching a little bit. It is the ever-fascinating movie of The Truman Show, where we get to see a, an experiment on putting a person into a false environment for his entire life and seeing how it plays out. I, uh, It's not a film I've seen a lot, but it's a film I really found fascinating. And I think that Peter Weir did an amazing job putting the story together with his uh, cast uh, headed up by uh jim carrey and uh ed harris so it's uh it's a really interesting film and it's interesting to see the way that kind of that whole psychology of this plays out over the course of the movie so that's my final pick is it too much of a stretch <laughs>
2: sure no i no. anytime you're gonna gonna tell people to go watch the truman show i'm gonna stand behind that because it it's a brilliant film uh works on so many levels uh just yeah uh, a nearly perfect film i think that's one that uh, yeah if people haven't seen in a while definitely worth revisiting uh, i will always always back the truman show excellent choice did you have any backups um y- yes so again i didn't know if it was considered a medical procedure with uh the fly jeff goldblum mm-hmm. um, and then of course this is one i saw like as a young kid maybe it must have been around halloween time on wgn like i don't know saturday afternoon or something it's a Really, really bad movie, but it's got Bruce Stern in it. The Incredible Two-Headed Transplant. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. Never <laughs> even heard of that one. Bruce, Bruce Dern plays a scientist who is like compulsively like taking animals and putting you know. So there's like a two headed fox. There's a two headed rabbit and something. I don't know the whole story, but there's something where there's like I don't know, some prisoner escapes and I don't know he has something and he transplants the head. So you've got, but it's the 70s, and so you've got. I think it's a Caucasian guy, like really large guy with an African-American head also attached there. So I don't know if there was some like racial, you know, commentary going on there. I don't know. It's a strange, strange film. But I think maybe he, the, the prisoner sort of takes control and goes on a crime. Sp- I don't know. Incredible two-headed transplant. Wow. Was the other one I could think of because it just was one of those images <laughs> stuck in my head from being a small child. Big guy with another head stuck on his shoulder. That's yeah. hilarious. Do you have any uh, any backups there?
1: Uh, mine were also kind of like uh, I guess one. They're both a, more experimental. Um, I had uh, Clockwork Orange and oh, okay. uh, yeah. and Jacob's Ladder. Those were my oh backup. yeah. Oh, the okay. my other ones that I had. So but, yeah. So anyway, I, a good list. I think some pretty interesting yeah. stuff. Uh, all told, here. Yeah. And now we got to figure out what the heck we're talking about for next week. What are you talking about next week? Holy cow. So next week's uh, movie, we're talking about kind of uh, a little bit of a departure for David Cronenberg. This is his... uh the movie that people say oh, david cronenberg directed this one it's uh but he he says it's you know like any child it's still his it's just uh, it's a shift it's different it is fast company it is a basically just a straight up uh car car racing movie um so it's uh, so, we you know, it's a sports movie. It's, uh, you know, it's got uh, it, it's kind of came out in that car exploitation era. So it's definitely very much of the just kind of that genre of uh, of that. It's a, you know, Cronenberg bills it as kind of a, a, a Western in kind of in modern time. So, I mean, there's something we could do, you know, um, you know, a movies kind of a, with a Western thread or something like that.
2: Oh, sort of mm-hmm. a Western disguised in another genre type of thing? Yeah. Yeah, I think that okay. might be good for the list. Okay. And then we've got cars and, and racing and... So it's it's so it's mm-hmm. i I have not seen this. It's okay. Looking at the description, it's a famous you people racer. probably have. <laughs> okay. Well, I see in the notes here it said that it it never saw a proper wide-scale American theatrical run because the US distribution company went bankrupt. So, yes, okay. Right. So this yeah. is one that uh but drag racing, okay.
1: Um uh, it, it's uh, yeah, and drag racing is one of those car. I mean, I think we could just yeah. do racing movies, racing movies, yeah, car racing movies, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, so car racing movies, and then we had westerns disguised in another genre, all right, so
2: we've got two, okay, and what is our main storyline here? Do we have is it a, is it a, is it a good guy gone bad? What do we have? Oh, now we've got corrupt, corrupt yeah, it's management.
1: Basically, yeah. Corrupt. Uh, it's kind of, well, it's not corrupt, but you know, he's, I guess he's a little corrupt, but you know, he is, uh, John Saxon is the company representative for fast company, which is an oil company and, uh, you know, representing our main characters and he, um, you know, he's taking money on the side. But, um, you know, he doesn't like his main racer and so kind of um, kind of pushes him out and hires the opponent. Oh,
2: then, so you know, so evil corporations, is that what we have?
1: We do. And we could do an evil corporation movie. That's okay.
2: fine.
1: I think that works. So if we do. Okay. Um, so car racing movies, which is a nice, big, broad topic. Westerns yeah. disguised in another genre, which is pretty interesting. And evil corporations. I think that's okay. that's a fun way to go. All right. All right. Well, the poll is going up in our show talk channel over on uh, Discord. So get over there and get your votes in. We'll take votes through next Friday and then we'll lock it in. And that will be our list topic for next Saturday matinee uh, for next week. So, so good. Well done, all right, sir. man. Well, I think that's it. So have a good rest of your day. Yes. And you as well. Yes. And uh, thank you all of our a wonderful Patreon supporters. We appreciate you uh, for uh, supporting us over there. You can check it out at uh, thenextreel.com slash Patreon and sign up. It's, it's very, very cheap. Less than a cup of coffee a month. Whatever it is. Uh, Yeah. So sign up. You can get access to uh, shows early and you can get in on joining our uh, pre-show chats on our film boards. You know, there's all sorts of good stuff. So, And it's just a great way to kind of keep the tanks full over here as we keep cranking out material for all of you. Otherwise, this Saturday matinee uh, will be released to our Patreon supporters later today. And for everyone else, uh, I believe they're dropping on Mondays now in our regular show feed. So... Um, and I guess that's it. So until next week, Steve, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me and, uh, have a great rest of your day, everybody. Hondo.
0: just visit the slash originals your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you